Well, yeah, uh, that's just basically how it goes. Uh, welcome. Yeah, welcome to the Taz Show. We had a minor issue with my mic right as Bazanji was doing his open, but you know what? We're good. That's what professionals do. They get it done. They don't cry and bitch about it. Welcome to the Taz Show. I am the human suplex machine, and you are correct. I am a mock for myself. There's no doubt about that. If you're not going to mock out for yourself, then who the fuck is going to mock out for you? Right or wrong? You got to put yourself over. That's life. Thanks for downloading this episode. I appreciate you guys doing that either at radio.com on the website or the app. Maybe you're downloading the show on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Maybe on the Spotify, wherever you're doing it, wherever you get your podcast, you're pulling the Taz show into your life. So for that, I appreciate it. We have a guest, actually. Don't, don't, don't normally do guests on this show, as you guys know. Once in a while, we'll have a guest. But we will have a guest on this episode here. So looking forward to speaking to Dave LeGrecker. He uh, also provides, he's a content provider. He does, uh, he's the, the founder and the host of Busted Open Radio. Which covers the pro wrestling business, as you guys know, a lot of you guys know, on Sirius XM. So looking forward to talking to Mr. LaGreca. I know him a long time. And we also have a plethora of uh, mutual friends in the radio business and stuff like that. So um, pretty cool right there. Uh, so SummerSlam, as you guys know, is like right here, basically. And as you all also know, I will be doing a SummerSlam post-show live show. Okay, at 11 p.m. Eastern, uh, plug Jones, and I'm plugging away here. 11 p.m. Eastern on CBS Sports Radio, on all major radio, uh, terrestrial radio broadcast channels in the United States. And there's, uh, CBS Sports Radio is up in a good chunk of Canada, too, by the way. Or you can get it on Radio.com or SiriusXM, speaking of SiriusXM, Channel 206. You can hear the live post show of SummerSlam. I do know SummerSlam will not end at 11 p.m. Eastern, but I'll be on the air live like I do with all these specials for years with these post shows that I do right after WWE or towards the end of WWE pay-per-views live in the moment. Um, Like I said, SiriusXM, you can catch it on Channel 206, and that's the home of CBS Sports Radio, the CBS Sports app. Uh, There's a zillion spots you can get the show, and the show will podcast the next day. So you'll be able to get that wherever you're. If you could hear me right now, you'll be able to you know download it from every spot. You should, listen, you should be subscribing to my content. It's a very simple fucking deal. If you subscribe to the content, subscribe to the, I'm sorry to, to the Taz Show, you'll be locked. You'll get all my content, no matter if it's live, taped, whatever the fuck it is. Yes. You're gonna get it. So that's what you need to do. Subscribe. Simple. Simple. And also go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash T-A-Z and buy a few T-shirts and buy a hat while you're over there. Uh, anyway, so, uh, all right, we got it. Yeah, so that's the deal. So SummerSlam, um, the card so far. Now, um, truth be told, this is being recorded right now before Raw and SmackDown of the go-home for SummerSlam. So if anything was added or any stipulations, that's unbeknownst to me as I record this. So, you know, just to go through a quick, some of the matches before we have um, 
uh, LaGreca come on as a guest here shortly. Uh, you have basically, uh, you know, several championships being defended at this moment uh, on the card from the Universal Championship to the WWE title to the Raw Women's Championship to the SmackDown Women's Championship. So the U.S. Uh, championships being defended. So you have a bunch. Right now, uh, as I record, no Intercontinental title is being defended. And I don't believe any tag team championships are being defended. So we'll see how this plays out. I mean, you got to pay homage to those titles. You got to get somehow get those things out there, WWE. That's very important, in my opinion. Um, you got to do that. It's important to keep the legacy, especially the IC title. You're also trying to build up your your tag team, to not build up, you're trying to get rolling and keep it rolling with your tag team division. You got to, you know what I mean? You got to, I just think it's important to try to get those matches on there, to get those championships on there the best you can, if possible. Um, but the card looks pretty good. I mean, <clears throat> some people, are, are, I don't think are, they don't feel a card is a good card, but that's the way it goes. If you're reading stuff on social media, you know, everybody's always just, there's so much bitterness and everybody's angry and everybody just WWE sucks and this and that. So, you know what? If you're a real wrestling fan and you like pulling the content in, you know, I'm tr- I, as I get older, I'm trying to be more optimistic in my views. I'm very blunt. I'm very opinionated. Sometimes a little bit of a hard ass, but I'm trying to be more of a baby face lately. I'm tr- I am. I'm trying to be, you know, so because, you know, I'm big into the meditation. That's a huge part of my life, you know, and it, is it helping? I, probably not. But I try and I try and I try and I try to it keeps me calmer keeps me relaxed it's been going pretty good but it's i thought it would work like real quick on the meditation i thought once i start meditating i'd be locked in good i'd be good i'm worried about nothing i'll just be chill chill jones and fucking relax that's not how it works no it's a little bit more in depth than that so uh, i got a little swerved when uh when my people started telling me about um you know but hey you should meditate you know it's something that really keep you chill yeah uh, well, not so fast. It didn't work as much as everybody said it would work. But you know what? I'm still doing it. It's okay. Uh, you know, and it's fine. It's all fine and well. Um, what was I going to say? So anyway, so SummerSlam. Biggest part of the summer. Biggest party of the summer, as they call it. And um, yeah, you know, okay, cool. I get it. I like the tagline. It's a good tagline. They've used it for years. I'm fine. It's all good. No problemo. All right. So the matches. Let's go through a few of them real quick here. Uh, what do we got here? We got Charlotte Flair, Trish Stratus, which is interesting. That Trish, we saw this happen on SmackDown. Trish was getting, uh, well, she was, you know, she was in the ring making a special appearance on live WWE TV, and then Charlotte interrupted, and they got into their whole thing, and you know, it kind of Charlotte almost had a pry having a match out of Str- Trish coming out of more or less retirement to work with her at SummerSlam. We're gonna get that. Listen, Trish Radish, I know Trish. She's a great girl. Known her for a lot of years. We were in WWE together at the same time. And, um, I think she came into WWE a little bit before me. She probably came in in 99 and where I debuted in 2000. But I can tell you, she's a, a quality lady, um, she, very good athlete, hard worker, professional, all business girl. Um, and you know what? She, she's in great shape. I mean, they were plugging her Instagram pretty good. And then I checked out her Instagram. Yeah, she's in great shape. Okay, we'll just leave it at that. Um, so, you know, as far as ring shape, I'm sure she's been training to get a lot of ring rust off. Um, she's in there with a pro. I know some people like hating on Charlotte, which, you know, I, I, I don't understand that, but that's cool. She's in there with someone like Charlotte that 
you know, if you're if you are really rusty and you haven't been on the road and have been wrestling for a lot of years and now you're a parent, she's a mom, she's saying she's doing a mom thing, and she is, you know, she seems to be a great mom. Now you need somebody in there with you that can help lead the dance, you know, and that's what Charlotte can do. This is a person in that prime and who's a, a, a worldwide international star and athlete. Charlotte's the perfect opponent for Trish Stratish. Trish Stratish. So we'll see what happens there with that deal. Um, and then you got Miz and Dolph Ziggler. That this, you know, we, we've seen these two guys. We've seen this whole thing build up. They've used Shawn Michaels now as the catalyst to keep some good babyface shine on Miz as Dolph Ziggler's got a lot of heel heat on him. So um, so there you go with that. You got AJ Styles defending the United States title as heel Jones, big heel now, against Ricochet. So um, I would I would try, probably keep that U.S. title on the heel. I'd keep it on AJ right now. You know, it's good heat, um, you know, for him, the OC. They got those titles. They, 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 those guys have the tag titles, Anderson and Gallows. What else you got? You got the, the the Fiend, Bray Wyatt against Finn Balor. I mean, it should be a really good match, and everybody's excited to see what the Fiend brings to the table. And, yo, kids, uh, Finn Balor, uh, you're my boy. I love you. You know that. We're boys. The demon needs to come out. The biggest part of the summer have the demon versus the Fiend, and I got to tell you, they should do that this week. Again, I'm not recording. The, I'm not. I, this is being recorded before, you know, Raw and SmackDown aired. They need to do something where the demon, they hint that the demon's coming out against the Fiend at, at SummerSlam. That would be fucking money, and that could be a show stealer. Uh, you got Shane McMahon and Kevin Owens. If Kevin Owens loses, he's Gonski. You know, I, I you know, we had someone on the Taz Hall, you know, asking questions about this. I, I think it would be better if it was a loser leave town. Uh, regardless, um, and have Shane lose, and because you don't need Shane on the show as much, even though he does a great job as a heel, he's got a lot of heat. But you're paying Kevin Owens a lot of money. Uh, I, I just, you know, obviously he's not going to lose. He's not going to be gone. We'll see what happens. Yeah, SmackDown Women's Champion Bailey and Ember Moon. So they they really cooked up Ember Moon. Let's see what they do here with this. It wouldn't offend me somehow, some way, if this match stays as it is and Ember Moon becomes a new SmackDown Women's Champ. I'd have no problem with that. I think she's a tremendously talented girl. You got Kofi Kingston defending that WWE title against the Viper Jones, Randy Orton. So um, it could be a good match. These two guys have a long history, and and they, they've been in the company a long time together. So they're two professional pro pros, and it should be pretty good. Pretty good match right there. You got Becky Lynch defending her title, Raw Women's title, against Natalya. So they started the thing off where Natalya and Becky were friends. Everybody knew that. And then Natalya's a very nice girl. She's this and that. And then Becky kind of was doing the man thing and being a little bit of a heel towards her in an in-ring promo a couple of weeks ago. And we saw more of a hard-ass side of Natalya. So I got a funny feeling we'll get that here uh, as Becky defends that Raw Women's title. You got Lesnar, obviously, defending the Universal title against Seth Rollins. So, um, you know, we'll see where they go with that. So I'm not really giving you, like, a plethora of predictions here. I'm just kind of laying some of the matches out for you all. Um, and then what's going to happen? With, who's going to be the mystery guy? What's going on with this whole thing here with Roman Reigns, you know, with the forklift and stuff? So I would think a lot of stuff is directly pointed at Daniel Bryan because of his history. He did some stuff with a forklift. I don't know if it was who it was what Kane or was it I can't even remember. It was something, but I remember something with a forklift. It was something, but whatever with, with Daniel Bryan. So I would assume maybe they're going that route, uh, but we'll see. You know, we'll see. I don't know. It should be a 
should be a good card. I, I try to go into these big pay-per-views as a viewer now, someone who's been in the ring for a long time, someone who's been behind the announce desk for a long time. I try to go into it as optimistic as possible. I try to look at because I know how much work goes into the creative teams, all of these writers, the agents, the family, the McMahon family, you know, the talent, everybody, everybody's goal is to have a great show and to have great matches. And that's what you want to do. You want to have a great show. So I try to go into it optimistically and the card looks pretty good. I mean, there's a lot of matches. And again, like I said, we'll see what else they put out there this week. You know what I mean? But uh, it should be pretty, pretty good. Uh, so what we're going to do right here is, because <laughs> I'm a little dry, <laughs> you know what happens if you're a regular listen- <laughs> listener of the Taz Show. Well, <laughs> it's time for a little water break. Big gimmick here on the show if you're new to the show. It's caught on. This has been going on for a lot of months, and people love when I take a water break. And that's what we're doing right now. Here we go. Mizu. You newbies, Mizu is water in Japanese. Ah, yes. All right, anyways, uh, we have a guest coming on here shortly on the other side of the break. Um, Dave LaGreca from Busted Open Radio will be here on the Taz Show for the first time ever. All right, sit tight. Be right back. All right, here we go. We're back, back on the Taz Show. Oh, watch out! Here we go. All right, uh, special guest is on deck right now. Dave Lagreca will be here in two seconds from Busted Open Radio. They got a pretty badass uh, SummerSlam uh, pre-party show gimmick. Schnabitz, Fernum, Burnham, Big Dave Lagreca. What's going on, Haas? How are you, my friends? Good to be on with you. I know, long time no speak. Things we know each other a long time. Uh, it's it's been a while, man. You yeah. have done some pretty big things since the last time we spoke. Well, I appreciate that. As as have you. I'm listen. I am so impressed um, because you know, look at man. You you started busted open. Um, uh, you and Mortman, what like ten years ago, something like that. Am I right on the time? Yeah, we just celebrate in April. We celebrated our ten year anniversary. And the cool thing with that is, like, this is what I respect from you. And you're still grinding now. Um, he's in a, he's in more of a management role. He still works for SiriusXM. But, you know, you're still on the air, which you're a guy who started as a producer in the radio business, which so you know the grind. I respect the grind. But you started this busted open thing on SiriusXM, and, you know, you kept it going, and you guys were not five days a week. Now you're five days a week, which was cool. But what I'm – my point in long form i'm getting at is i respect when you start as a content provider and someone starting a show and you get the opportunity from whatever company i respect that it's you keep rolling with it you keep grinding with it It, it, you're the guy who started it you didn't have a lot of help when you started it i lived in those same shoes you know so i know what you mean and i know what you're doing and i know what you've done i should say and I respect that, and and that you're still going with it. You're the guy who started it. It's your show, and, and and I tip my cap to you. Thanks. I really appreciate that. Yeah, it's definitely a grind. And as you know, in the world of pro wrestling, the mainstream world doesn't give it the respect that it deserves. So you really have to show the numbers, the popularity, because a lot of people just don't get it. And uh, 
you know, we've grown. And like you said, went from one day a week to two days a week to now five days a week. And uh, it's been a, it's been a great ride. And I hope it doesn't end anytime soon. <clears throat> yeah, no, I hope so, too. And the thing is, so just so people understand, like to pull back the curtain more, because I know exactly what you meant when you what you said there a second ago in regards to mainstream, like mainstream um, radio or TV or, or mainstream sports. You know, it's tough to sell. Well, it was a lot harder 10 years ago, even five years ago to sell mainstream, uh, to sell to mainstream and major companies like where I work at CBS or like where yep. you work at Sirius XM, it's tough to get them. It was tougher to get them to buy into pro wrestling to the point you just made. And that's the thing now, but Dave, and I, I think you might agree with this. Now it's almost cool because you see to be involved with pro wrestling, even if you weren't a wrestler like yourself, where you have a situation where every major mainstream sports uh, uh, vertical online from from ESPN to Fox Sports to CBS Sports to NBC Sports, they to Bleacher Report, they all have, and I'm missing a shitload. They all have, you know, uh, 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 spots on their vertical sections, tabs, whatever, covering WWE or pro wrestling. So it's it's more accepted now because you know when you have major sports outlets pushing and promoting the wrestling business, that's good for everybody. Yeah, and and the bottom line is money. You know that, Taz. So. When you can show them that you bring in ratings, when you show that you can bring in sponsors and they see green and they see those numbers building and building, then they're going to buy in. You, you know, a lot of these executives, and I'm not taking a shot here, but I guess I am, they only know what's in front of them and what's black and white. Once you can prove that, and the fans for pro wrestling are not only in large numbers, but they're hardcore. So that's that. That's what's so great about pro wrestling, and you being somebody that's looks at it in completely different way than me, because you actually competed in the ring. You're you're somebody that is well respected, who should be in the Hall of Fame. You're somebody that did it at a high level. I'm just a fan. So there was a lot of obstacles for me, but I think in time we were able to overcome them. And you did, and I appreciate those kind words. Thank you so much. That's very nice of you. And I know when there was that scuttlebutt about, well, is Taz going to the Hall of Fame, and it was in Brooklyn and all that stuff, and I, I know you put some stuff out there on social media. I assume you talked about it on your show. Thank you very much for that. that that's very kind of you. I appreciate that. And But the thing about you being a fan, like, so this is what's kind of what's interesting to me. Like, for people, because the bulk of people that are pulling in, either downloading a podcast or listening to your show on Sirius XM, you know, they're mostly wrestling fans. And you get some wrestlers, maybe past wrestlers or current wrestlers. Obviously, you're going to get a handful of those that listen to content like mine or yours. But the cool thing is for wrestling fans, if some wrestling fans would rather listen to someone like yourself who's never been in the ring, who's never been behind the announce desk, who doesn't know where the bodies are buried, yeah. but brings but brings a fan perspective. That's that's very cool. And then you might get some fans who want to you know, hear from a guy or a girl who's lived the game and, and has skin in the game. Or they can listen to both and get two different perspectives. And, and that's the cool thing, you know, about – and I think, like, just when I started the Taz show and with CBS – like what was the human podcast machine like five years ago, it it was tough to get them to buy in. There was an executive there at CBS sports, at CBS that 
CBS radio that was a wrestling fan and, and knew of my career and believed in it. You know, now he's since moved on, but the other, to your point, the other executives, once they saw there's money coming in, like, ah, this wrestling shit's pretty cool. <laughs> You're a hundred percent. Right. And, 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 and it's true though. I mean, I, I, we laugh about it, but you, that those are the obstacles that we have. You were lucky. You had somebody who believed in you, understood wrestling, understood your career, understood that you're a talent on the air. You know, when it comes to a lot of people that we go up to on a daily basis, they don't look at it that way. You know, right. they, they, they only look at the bottom line. That's what's so great about what you've been able to accomplish. And, and I look at you, and, and I'm not trying to just jerk you here. This is the honest to God truth. You're one of the pioneers in this business. When you look at the podcasting and then also now what you do in CBS, like you're a pioneer when it comes to that. You're part of the reason why a lot of podcasts has gone mainstream. So I, I tip the cap to you, my friend. Well, that's very kind of you. Thank you. And, and you know, I tipped the cap when I started doing the podcast and I saw success to uh, Colt Cabana, who I think mm -hmm. just recently ended his, because he was, I think, the first wrestling podcaster. And obviously, JR had success right away, and so did Steve Austin and Jericho, and 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 maybe I'm trying to remember who else. Then I I came in and, with CBS, and then what happened, as you know, with me, and then I was doing it like right across the street from where the building you. So for people that don't know, okay, so uh, let me just give them some backstory, Dave. You get it, you know, but they don't might not notice for the geographic purposes. So, okay. So Sirius XM is in Midtown Manhattan. Okay, that's where the building is. And it's a sleek, badass, you know, two floors of a fucking shitload of radio studios. And you could have the NFL Network doing a show right next to Dave LaGreca doing a pro wrestling show. And then you could have a, a, a Hip Hop Jones. I can't remember the name of that. What's that? Sway? What's yeah, the, not Sway? He's a, yep. he's a, yeah, yeah. You could have him in a studio. So you have a plethora and you could have a cool jazz station going on right down the hall. So there's all these different genres which is really cool at Sirius XM. And then right across the street at the Time Life building, that's where we used to be. CBS radio was based out of the Time Life building, which literally is a block across the street away in Midtown Manhattan from Sirius XM. So I was <laughs> now I know you know this, Dave. I'm letting people notice that I'm from New York or whatever. So the thing is, like, I was doing the live Taz show for all those years with video and audio and and no one else was really doing pro wrestling on a daily basis covering pro wrestling on the radio and you were the closest guy you and doug were the closest guys because you guys were going i think at that time correct me if i'm wrong dave two days a week two days a week yep yeah so you know and then it kind of just and then you know we end up cbs we now moved down downtown soho new york and and that's where i do the, the cbs sports radio show but you guys are still midtown and i gotta tell you uh real quick backstory so you know dave so many years ago so michael cole and i had done i'm sure you know this we've done shows for sirius xm <clears throat> and this was before it was XM. It was serious, and XM was the competitor. And were you working for the NFL Channel then? Yeah, I, I was. On, I started on the NFL Channel in two thousand four. Okay, dude. So you must have been there. Well, what year did Michael Cole and I like? We were doing shows on the Howard Stern Channel, like two thousand three. I can't remember. Maybe two thousand four. But we were we. Was that around probably around the same time? It I'm might guessing. have been after that because I think Howard signed on like 2005, 2006. 
then it was after. Okay, that, that's then you nailed it. Okay, cool. So it was after. So you already were there. So as you know, a lot of people don't know this. Sirius XM, that's the company now, but they used to be competitors. It was Sirius and it was XM, and XM was based in D.C., in Washington, D.C. I'm correct on this, right? Yep, you're 100% correct. Yes, sir. So I was, so that's how I ended up, you know, getting to know the people at CBS radio was the stuff I'd done on uh, the tryout auditions I've done years ago in radio on Sirius, not Sirius XM, on Sirius. And I was trying to bring a wrestling show to like either Tim Sabian, who was the PD, the program director of, of Howard Stern's channel. And I'm sure you know, Tim. Yep. Okay, he's Gonski from there. Yeah, I know that. Gone, yeah. <laughs> I know. I think he's gone from. He was doing. He was in charge of the podcasting over at Westwood One. I think he's gone from there now. I, I know. If you know that. That, that's the last I heard was when he was with Westwood One because he was again somebody who believed in wrestling. I know. I know. We're over here giving all this radio stuff. No one people are like what? Who's this guy? <laughs> no, but this is. Good. I don't think a lot of people know like the foundation of how this whole boom started and, and you're, and you're going through it. You're giving your listeners a history lesson right now. Well, I know, but it's cool because you're, a lot of your listeners hopefully are downloading too. So they'll get a little history on it too, because you know, you know how it is when you're doing a show every day, you can't get into this, the woods like this, you know, no, <laughs> no, no, no. but so the thing is, I'm trying to figure out the timeline here. So now, okay. So wow. Okay. So Michael Cole and I were doing some audition shows, but we were doing guy talk. It wasn't really a wrestling show. And then Michael Cole decided, hey, you know what, he's going to continue doing it with WWE. I stayed with WWE, but I still had a big-time itch and desire to do radio. So now I was trying to talk to Sirius, not Sirius XM, Sirius, and you know Jeremy Coleman, a guy named Jeremy Coleman. All right, What is he? I think he's a VP of programming. Yep, he's with the there. Howard Stern Channel. He's with Howard Stern Channel, right? Yep, he's still there. I know my shit, bro, please. So, um... <laughs> I know my shit. Okay. I don't have to work for your company. I know my shit, bro. So <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so I'm not some dumb washed up wrestler. I might be washed up, but I'm not dumb. So um <laughs> anyways, um I was doing everything in my best efforts to get, you know, Jeremy Coleman to to give me an opportunity to do a wrestling show. But they weren't budging on it. You know, they were like, eh, wrestling's not gonna play well and so what year did you start, like, the first – what was the year of the first Busted Open show you inducted? The first ever episode was in April 2009, and just like you, it was – I, I tried for years. I was trying to convince my boss for years to do a pro wrestling show, and he wasn't budging. And then finally, I think it, it was just because of persistence and continuously going into his office that he finally just said, all right, fine, go ahead, do it. And we started one day a week for an hour, and then it built to two weeks, you know, twice a week, and then two hours twice a week to to what we have now. But man, it was—I I know what you were going through. They would not budge in the beginning, dude. I know, and I know. Once, see, I didn't know it was two thousand nine you started. So I was talking with Jeremy Coleman around two thousand five, two thousand four ish, two thousand five ish. So okay, so then even it took four years for them. Because I'm sure Jeremy had to kind of sign off, even though your boss uh, was the boss. But mm -hmm. I'm, I would assume Jeremy at that point was a little higher on, on the, the pecking order, I would think, because he's pretty high up. Um, he probably had to sign off in some degree. My point is it took like four years for, for Sirius to decide to do something with wrestling. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it took even longer than that for them to kind of respect it and understand that, hey, this show can actually make a difference and people are listening.
Like, I think at right. first they were just like, all right, we'll give it a shot. Who knows? Who cares? But, you know, and I got to give them credit. They did give me the opportunity. But again, going back to the words you keep, you keep saying grind, you know, it took a grind. But once we were able to show them that this, this is something that makes money, this is something that's custom made. Uh, Taz custom made for Sirius XM. Sirius XM yep. all about you know general you know the hardcore you know getting people that to get stuff that you can't get anywhere else um, that they finally you know bought in and and gave it its full support. And that's great, and that's great that Sirius XM has done that, and obviously they have, and and your boss Steve Cohen, and he obviously supports wrestling, and, and so I, I you know. I think that's great, and and the thing is, it's just interesting to me. Like, like you just said, kind of the whole backstory of everything, and I I, I didn't think about, it, but I, I thought maybe fans would be bored to hear this, but they probably like it. You're right; it's it's probably cool to hear the the backstory of uh, the grassroots of more or less, you know, wrestling radio, radio wrestling, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, it, it, it I, the thing that was tough for me, dude, like. Dealing with serious, they were great. They were great. And Michael Cole and I, when we dealt with them at first, they were great. We actually, truth be told, we actually had an, an offer. <laughs> but, you know, we were doing a little something called SmackDown. So it was like, <laughs> you know, as a team. And, and it was tough. And then we were kind of trying to figure out how do we do both, if possible, being on the road and all that, you know. And then the big boss at Sirius came in there, uh, SG, you know who I mean. Yeah. And <laughs> and then he, when he came in, it's like uh, he put a hold on every deal they were doing because he was, he, you know, he wanted to work in his deals. What he was doing, he was the boss. So, you know, it, that slowed things down. But regardless, um, the thing that, that to me is really cool is, like you were there working for Sirius because a lot of people don't know you were a producer on the is that where you started producer on the NFL channel correct yeah I was the uh, morning show producer on the NFL channel from two thousand for thirteen years I was doing wow yeah so a lot of people don't realize while you were doing busted open with Doug you were also still double dipping and working as a producer on the NFL channel yep hundred percent correct. Right. Now, for those that don't know, being a producer on a radio show that's daily, especially a morning show, and a lot of you folks that listen and download my content, you listen to me and the Moose, you know, Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio, and you guys know Mikey B, who is our producer. You know Mike, by the way, Mike Mike Paseglia? I I don't know him personally. I've I've obviously heard of him through your show, but I don't know him personally, no. Right. So my point is, so everybody out there, listen, you guys know the grind because we talk about Mike a lot. Like, it's a tough job. And when you're a producer, you're not exactly making, like, tons of money, as you know, Dave. (laughs) So. Yeah, I mean, shit, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> At least you're honest. So anyway, no, but, well, most producers, their goal is to eventually try to be a host because there's more money, there's more, you know, you just it's just a better career for your income and, and your future and whatnot. And you've done that, which is impressive. But the cool thing for you is that you were there as a producer. You at least, even though it was frustrating for you to get them to sign off on doing a wrestling show years ago, Okay, at least you were there in the building. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's cool because at least you could see, you know how it is, you got your ear to the to the pavement, see what's going on. Dude, I was on the outside. So I was just hoping I'd get an email here and there, trying to get some coordinates with them. And just it was hard. You know, I mean, I, of course I was at least I had a, a job. I was on TV, I was working for WWE and all that stuff, but 
I really wanted to be in radio. I mean, so like, but I remember, I didn't know it was 2009, but I remember when you guys started, I'm like, wow, this is great. I mean, this is great. A wrestling show on the radio. I know it's satellite radio and subscription based, but at least you're doing daily content. Oh, well, now you're doing daily content. Then you weren't. Yeah. And then, and then also, like you said, things changed. Doug got another position there. Doug, Doug, Doug Mortman, my, you know, co-creator in the show, right. the vice president at Sirius XM. And, and now that Sirius believes in the show and actually puts some money into it, you know, as, as you know, you know, Bully Ray is a part of the show. Mark Henry's a part of the show. Tommy Dreamer is a part of the show. So we got a really close knit, you know, team of personalities that, you know, wrestling fans know and have right. a long history with. So it's, it's, it's been, yeah. it's been a great, it's been a grind, but I think right now we're really hitting our stride. Well, that's great. I mean, that's awesome. I'm really happy for you, and and you know what I mean. And it's um, and it's it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. I just again, I, I like I said, I love the, I love the dues that were paid by you. So I respect that. Yeah. You know, so I wanted to say that publicly to you. I know in the past I've told you that privately. By the way, side note. So I go to work the other day. I'm getting ready to do the show on uh, Friday morning. You know, with uh, the Moose with Mark Belusis. And I said to him that you were going to be on my podcast. And, and I knew that you and Moose knew each other I, for a long time. I didn't know he was actually at your wedding, though. I didn't know that. Yes, he was. The Moose. Yeah, man, we, we were close. We worked together at WFAN in New York. And and as you know, when you're stuck in a studio together for hours, you, just, you know, you, you get to know everything about a person. And, you know, we kind of gone separate ways since then. And, and I think we've both gotten a lot more successful than that time we were at FAN. But yeah, man, Moose is a good dude, man. He, I, I mean, he must frustrate the hell out of you, though. Oh, yeah. No, no, he does. Yeah, no, no, he does. And vice versa. No, no, no. And bro, and vice versa. Oh, no, no. We butt heads all the time. I mean, but you know what? It's it's for the good of the show. You know what I mean? But there are a lot of segments where we have a lot of fun and we don't butt heads. But we look at you know, we cover obviously, you know, you know, we cover mainstream sports and we talk wrestling sometimes. He's a wrestling fan, you know, but we do talk wrestling when something big happens or a big show or something. But or if I'm doing a special, then we'll talk. We'll do a segment on, on what I'm going to do or whatever or promote it or whatever. But, you know, um, he, <laughs> you know, he looks at as a, you know, as a as a sportscaster for all the years and, you know, going to Syracuse and the new house going all this and all the all the other excellent broadcasters he's worked with and everything he's done. And especially in, in the tri-state area sports, I, I look at everything as an athlete's perspective and he looks at everything as a member of the media perspective. And that's where you get a little bit of oil and water. <laughs> but, that's, but that's why it works. You need that. You can't agree on everything. You, you, you need the butt heads every once in a while. I mean, it's the yeah. thing on my show. It's like you, you mentioned the dynamic of busted open right now. It's, it's, it's the professional and it's the fan, you know, you know, like bully Ray, for example, you know, he, he's still wrestling. He's still involved in that. He's going to look at, everything from a raw to a storyline to a wrestler completely different than how I do. I mean, it's it's the fact, just like with you, you're, you're looking at everything as an athlete and Mark is always going to look at it as a radio personality. Right, right. So Malusis will, and he, and that's what he does, and that's, and it, we don't always disagree on stuff, but we will. Like you know, I, I, I don't, and also he's around, you know, because he also works at SMY still, you know. So he, he gets a lot of, uh, he's in a lot of conversation with a lot of guys that do the same role he does. So a lot of times, you know, I don't agree in sports with a lot of mainstream media the way things are covered, 
or things they're saying or their narrative. And we just you know there are times where it's just like we'll have flat out arguments on the air, but debates, not arguments. I shouldn't say argue. That's the wrong word. Debates, but it always circles back to being entertainment and having a good time and covering it. You know, I'm so covering the sports the right way, and we try to give a different perspective. And and that's what's fun because I can give a uh, that athlete's perspective. Even though I was a pro wrestler, you know, it doesn't matter. It's still a, a mainstream athlete lives a, a similar lifestyle, except. A pro wrestler, as you know, is not seasonal. These guys get a break, yeah. you know. So, <laughs> I mean, one thing about Malusis, you know, that when his time comes and he passes away, he's going straight to hell. I mean, he's a Redskin fan for crying out loud. So he's got no chance of passing those pearly gates. No, dude. How about me? I'm a Bills fan. I'm gonna be right near him. <laughs> You're going straight to heaven when you die. Completely the opposite. Yeah, no, dude, and the beauty of it too, he's a huge Yankee fan. I'm a huge Met fan, so that there's a problem oh, all the time. Again, another reason why he's going to hell. He's got no chance when he dies. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, it's funny shit. So, dude, what? So, talk to me about like so uh, what you're doing with your pre-show here, and and let people know when it's going to air and how that's going to go down. I appreciate it. Yeah, August 11th, Sunday for SummerSlam. Uh, Mark Henry and I are doing our pre-show from. Three to five at the rec room, just about a four-minute walk from the arena where SummerSlam is taking place. And, you know, it's it's a good atmosphere to get ready and, you know, have a couple of daddy sodas and get ready for SummerSlam. And, and if you're not able to be there, you can obviously hear us uh, on Sirius XM live on Fight Nation. So it's, you know, we'll give our predictions. We're going to have some special guests. And, Especially if you're in Toronto for SummerSlam, come hang out with us and we'll have a little party before you get disappointed at SummerSlam. Oh, Stiff Jones right there. Look at that. It's funny. I just talked in the open. I know you didn't hear it, right, about how I tried it. This is really funny you said that because there's no way you know what I said in my open before we went to break and then brought you into the show. I was just saying, Dave, this is funny shit, (laughs) that I look at the card and I try to always look at it this the first part of it i always look at it optimistically i always look at it like okay this could be good this this might not be good but i'll give this a chance yada 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 and i just said that i said but some people will look at it and and they'll look at some card not just SummerSlam, any card no matter what promotion it is and they'll say ah this is not gonna be a good card fuck this, this is gonna be the shits I really don't do that. I mean, well, you just did it. So, yeah, I, I, and listen, I'm, 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 I'm half joking. I mean, honest. I look at the card. I think it's going to be a great show. I really do. I mean, the WWE, and you know this, Taz. They're in a tough spot right now because yep. they seem to be getting bullied by the fans. It's crazy. Like, you know, they're the monster. They're still by far the number one company, but fans love to hate on everything that they do. You know that. You know, it doesn't matter what, how good a, a Raw is or a SmackDown, you're going to get the negative fans that are going to speak out. And it, well, especially, especially with the this this birth that's about to happen with AEW. Yeah. So now, anything that AEW does, if I said this a few weeks ago on my show, if if a guy in AEW does a body slam, it's the greatest body slam they've ever seen in the world. So I mean, like, oh my god, look at that snap man! Oh my god, no one can snap man like that AEW wrestler can. <laughs> I'm obviously exaggerating, but. <laughs> It's like it's it's bro. It's the honeymoon period times fifty. Yeah. So it, it's like really like you know. So uh, 
that right there doesn't help WWE that a lot of people are just you know they're they're marking out immensely for AEW, which is great. I hope AEW does amazing. I know all those guys that are running that thing, all twenty five EVPs. I know them, so um, <laughs> you know, and they're all good guys. They've all paid their dues. Let's see what happens, you know. And but you're right, people love to hate on WWE because you know the thing is when you work within the system. And I worked in the system not just as a wrestler. As you know, as all the years as a broadcaster and all the years traveling on the jet with the McMahons, including Vince and Kevin Dunn and all these guys and learning things because I was travel with them back to New York because I had to go to the studio. They'd get me and Michael Cole back for, for VO lines and wild lines for, for SmackDown. That's before SmackDown was live, as you know. Mm-hmm. So I learned a lot being on that plane for all those years sitting five feet from Vince McMahon. And, it, you know, just by listening and the 98.99% of what I've heard on that plane, I don't, and I've never repeated publicly and I won't because I have integrity. But my point is, I know, and I can tell you for a fact, Dave, the goal of, and this won't shock you, the goal of every show and everything they write and every segment they write, no matter if it's on TV or a pay-per-view, NXT, SmackDown, Raw, don't matter, 205, all that shit, it don't matter. Their goal is for every segment to kick ass and be great. That's the goal. The work ethic is there. The desire, the passion, the grind is there from that whole team, from Vince McMahon down. So for that, because I've seen the passion that these people truly have, even though they might not connect always to all the different demographics they're selling the show to, okay, um, I've seen that passion in a, a cabin on a plane Fucking with 14 other 13 other people Including me so I've witnessed It firsthand on a Fucking consistent Basis every week for years So it's tough for me bro to come Public and bash something before It happens because I know what their goal is And and, and I'm so glad you said that And of course I mean the, the fans that think They're just you know we have fans that think It's a conspiracy that they're trying you know, they put out crappy shows because of this, that, and the other thing. It makes absolutely no sense. Of course, they're trying to be as good as humanly possible. They're trying to attract as many viewers as they possibly can. And, like, I made the joke because, obviously, I was just trying to be funny. But, as you know this from when we were kids watching wrestling. I watched everything. I I watched right. uh, WWF and AWA and NWA, World Class, Georgia. If, 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 if it was on, I was watching it. I don't know right. when that culture changed. Now, there were shows that I that I liked more than others, but if I hated a show, I didn't run around telling everybody how much I hated this show. I would tell them how much I loved that show. We, we kind of live in a culture now that, especially with social media, and you know this, and with talk radio, negativity and criticism rules. People don't want to hear the positive. They want to hear the negative, and they've already started a war between the WWE and AEW before AEWs even had their first show on TV for crying out loud. Like, and they're not even going up head to head. You know, no, they're, they're not. going to be on Wednesdays. They're not even going up right. against SmackDown or Raw. So I don't understand why fans could watch Raw, watch SmackDown, watch AEW, and just enjoy everything. It's like, man, this is such a boom that's going on right now ride the wave enjoy it have fun i i don't understand where all the hate and this 
quote unquote war is coming from. Makes no sense. To me. Well, uh, the, the sense, and I, and well said. And but the thing I would say to you, I do think the reason, and I agree with you. I flat out agree with you. Period. End the sentence. Now, next sentence. I do feel. The reason why people are jonesing for that type of war is because they want to relive and they think this is going to be like it was with Raw and Nitro and the Monday Night Wars. They want that again. They feel like that's cool and that makes wrestling relevant again and all that stuff. And it, it quasi does, but wrestling's been relevant. The WWE's business has been great. You know, Fox is not going to do a billion dollar deal with fucking WWE if their business is in the shitter. And that's before we knew about AEW. So, you know what I mean? Like, so business is, is, has been good and they've been making a lot of money, as you know. And another thing I'll say, Dave, like, like you talk about when we were younger and we were kids and you were talking about all the different territories you were fans of and why everybody, you know, it, 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 what changed, like what happened and how, why is there so much hate and all that? Dude, it's, you know, flat out, it's oversaturation. There's just WWE has so much programming and and it, it's it's a plethora of programming streaming and on broadcast TV uh, cable TV, I should say. And it's it's over. I'm not blaming WWE. They're doing it because people want it. People are spending money. People are subscribing to the network. But that's the reason why there's oversaturation. It's always there. So people are in a comfort zone. So they fucking bash, bash, bash. But yet they're watching every week. And Vince McMahon knows that. Kevin Dunn knows that. Triple H knows that. Stephanie knows that. And they giggle. They're like, you keep bashing, keep bashing. But you're watching. You know, <laughs> It's true. Taz, let me ask you this question because I'm interested. Like, we weren't that far from where nothing outside the WWE sold. I mean, since the days of ECW and WCW, you didn't really have an organization outside the WWE that could fill an arena or could have a show on a major cable network. TNT, uh, TNA tried, and I thought TNA got close. TNA gets a lot of hate even back then. But let's not forget, they were on a major cable network and averaged over a million viewers a week. I mean, there was a time where TNA was actually doing, I thought, extremely well. But I had, a, I'll tell you, when I, I know when I was there and doing commentary with TNA, uh, or Mike Tanay, I should say, for TNA, I, I was having a blast. And, uh, and for a good chunk, our business was going pretty well. And to the point you made, we were hitting a good rating on cable TV every week. And, and it, was, it was a different kind of alternative than WWE was offering. Or, you know, a Ring of Honor was a little newer then, mm-hmm. but it was still around. You know what I mean? But, no, I agree. With you. You're right what you just said about TNA. And they do get a lot of shit. And because of what happened with Dixie and just who she was, I guess that's the reason. You know what I mean? Like, it was like, and then people coming in taking over and bull, bulldozing over her and all that shit and then the internet finds out and then it's uh teenage it's a fucking joke and that that's that's kind of what happens and that doesn't mean it's true no and and i will say this and and i don't think you know and and listen you may, i don't know what your feelings are but i will say this when it comes to to tna and dixie carter dixie carter gets a lot of hate but i know she believed in our show early on and and you know this she invited us to do broadcasts at a lot of the pay-per-views that TNA had, and uh, she believed in like the podcasting and the and the and the pro wrestling radio, you know, long before it became popular to do so. So I don't know what she was like as a businesswoman. I don't know how she was like with the creative process because I was not a part of that world. But as far as like seeing where pro wrestling talk was going, she she believed in it. She was. I have not a bad word to say about Dixie Carter because she was always good to me. So, 
Oh, uh, she, dude, she was always good to me until my checks started getting fucked yeah. up towards the end. <laughs> That's but why I don't know about that side of the world. You know? <laughs> so that was a little fucked up, but that that wasn't fully Dixie's fault. Listen, she's a super nice lady. She really is. I respect her. I do. I've always respected her. I've had great conversations with her over time. And to your point about her with wrestling audio content, when I started the Human Podcast Machine. The podcast, she and I was still on the contract. She thought it was great. I was on the contract to them. She thought it was fucking awesome. She was. She thought it was great. So to the point you're making, and she was supportive of what you and Doug were doing with Busted Open, no doubt. I, I remember that. So, but the thing is, it was the point you were making when you mentioned TNA. It wasn't about Dixie. It was more or less about how TNA was doing well. And it wasn't really, we knew when we were in TNA, we weren't competing with WWE. We knew that. And we weren't trying to compete with WWE. Now, AEW, you know, they obviously have a chip on their shoulder. And that's cool. That's up to them. That's great. Hopefully it works out. Hey, look, I worked for a lot of years for a small company based in South Philly that had a gigantic chip on our shoulder. So, you know, um, I know that feeling, you know, but to be frank, you know, the chip on our shoulder was because the bulk of us were guys that were misfits that nobody, the big WWE or WWF at the time and, and WCW didn't want to take a chance on and, and or AWA would pass on us or world class was around. That's who we were. You know, we were a lot of guys that were fucking the early years of ECW misfits of it. And we were fucking pissed. And Paul knew how to pull that motivation out of us. So that's where the Kool-Aid, the Paul Heyman Kool-Aid bullshit came from. No, he he triggered it to our motivation for sure. He was smart. Why wouldn't he? That's a good business move by him. But the thing was, we were fucking motivated by rage and anger and be, by being disrespected. You know, I mean, I, I I love Omega and Cody and the Bucks. I know these guys. I respect their work rate. They're great talents. These guys are all ultra successful, you know, before AEW started. And they got a, they got nothing but resources with a guy with deep pockets and Tony Khan was a billionaire who they got nothing but resources. So I don't know what they're so angry about. I, I, you know what, though? You bring up a great point. And, 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 and a part of- Good. So when you, when you steal it on your show, give me credit. You know yeah. What I mean? <laughs> I always do, man. We always do. We always do. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Um, I'm teasing. No, but, but this is where this is where this is unlike anything that we've seen in in a long time, probably since WCW. Is that you're right? They got the Khan family behind them. You know, the Khan family's got bucks, man. I mean, you know, they have that financial backing, and now on a major cable network. And 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 the reason I brought it up too before Taz is the fact that they're selling out buildings left and right. I mean, they, they just put their tickets up for the, for the arena right, for the first show in DC in DC. It's yeah. Sold out in less than three hours. I, I don't remember the last right. time the ticket master crashed when their tickets went on set. I mean, when's the last time the WWE can't even do that. Well, hold on, but hold on. Now this is very important. What you just said is all true. And I'm not. I have. I don't get paid by WWE. I got. I have no dog in the fight, as the cliche goes. Okay, but I think it's unfair to say the WWE can't even do that. And this is why the WWE has done what we call the loop. Okay, for decades, bro. Decades. Okay, you could ask all those other guys who co-host with you from from Mark to 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 Bubba to Tommy. They'll all tell you the same thing. That WWE's done this loop a zillion times. Maybe people didn't just, just didn't jump out to those guys or anybody else. 
where AEW now, they, they have a great chance on that first couple of times of doing the loop to sell buildings out. I My point is, I don't know if you get what I'm saying, it's almost unfair to say that WWE can't even do that because WWE has been to these buildings a billion fucking times over the past 50 years. I, no, you are 100% right, Taz, and they've done it, and, and, and listen, they've done it longer and stronger and larger than anybody else. But what I'm talking about with these quick sellouts is there's this great buzz around AEW. Their target audience, and they have that audience, is 18 to 35. WWE has those families. You know what? Tickets go on sale. I don't have to be right on my computer as soon as tickets go on sale. You know, I'll get it down the road. I'll I'll get it a week from now. I'll get it a month from now. AEW has been able to tap into that fan that needs – I need it right now. I need it at this moment. This is – they're like – you know, like Metallica, when Metallica was first breaking, the Black Album, like right when they get, they hit mainstream. That's where AEW is right now. No, no, no I, dude, I totally agree with you. And you, it's a the Metallica example is a perfect example. What I'm saying is, just to counter your point, is that it's almost unfair to compare them sure. to a company that has it's like i said earlier dude it's always wwe's always there and i'm not knocking wwe i'm saying they're always there it, people know wwe's not going on that's why you hear all the time i don't watch them i haven't watched in a few years you know maybe i'll go back and watch again you know why bro because they know it's always yeah. there so they can have that laissez-faire attitude because it's not going nowhere it's not like oh shit you know um I'm a Denver, Bron- Denver Bronco fan. I haven't watched them on TV the past two weeks. Oh, shit. There's only there's only two weeks left, two games left. They're not going to the AFC playoffs. Oh, shit. I got to make sure I watch my Broncos at least twice because they're going to be gone for the rest of the season. You know, but there's a sense of urgency. There's no sense of urgency for WWE fans because it's not going anywhere. It's point is, it's always there. So with AEW, okay, sure, okay, it's also they, people, I also think it helps to sell out the event because it's an historic moment. It's their first ever TV, blah, blah, blah. You know, but, and, and, D.C. is also that beltway, that Maryland, Delaware, D.C., near Philadelphia areas on the East Coast here is a real good hotbed for pro wrestling. So you're going to get you're going to pull you're in D.C., you know, as you know, Dave, you're pulling fans from Philadelphia, you're pulling fans from from Delaware, from New Jersey, from New York. You're getting maybe somebody up from North Carolina. You know, what I mean, so you're, you're in a good area, D.C. of the East Coast. So and, and I might have said Baltimore, too, I think I did. But so the thing is. I do. My point is, I think it's a little unfair to compare it um, to WWE because um, it's WWE's always there for all these years. The, the the honeymoon period is gone. They're in there. They're in a. They're in a. You know, when you're married long enough, and you're like in your thirty thirty second year anniversary with your wife, it's not exactly fucking like oh wow, this is great, honey. You know, oh man, I love you like I did when we were nineteen. It's not like that. So. <laughs> You know, <laughs> but when you're in a honeymoon period, you know, it's everybody, it's rainbows and butterflies. Everybody loves everybody. Oh, this is fucking great. No, right. And again, yeah, you're you know, just give it a different different point of view. That's no, and, and Taz, you're no, it's it's it, what you're saying is a fact. And 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 that's why I said what I said is that yeah, the WWE is gonna be here tomorrow, t- 10 years, 20, 30, 40 years down the road. WWE is always gonna be there. But so that's what I mean. They're never going to be the the hot, like buzz worthy term because that's AEW right. right now because it is brand new and it has that 18 to 35 year old. They're the cool kid. That's what it is. They're AEW are the they cool are. kids right now. 
And some of those guys in their front office, they kind of act like the cool kid. I'll leave it like that. Um, so, <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> here's the thing. I will say this also, Doug, I'm pulling you, Doug, how am I doing? I will say this, Dave. Here's the other thing, okay? Like, okay, so I'm sure you saw the news, right, uh, about Bret Hart. That shows me that Bret's going to be doing a sign and doing stuff for WWE at, at SummerSlam, okay, at their, you know, uh, the Fan Fest gimmick. That shows me, well, really, because I've been hearing from people that WWE is not exactly sweating AEW that much. Now, money talks, bullshit walks. That expression lives. So they are giving WWE, are, they are giving the talent. They're getting better paydays. They're getting bigger contracts. And that's great for wrestling. They don't want guys to go or girls to go to AEW. Can't blame them. That's good. Uh, that's we just saw. So Anderson Gallows, they were they were fixed to be gone. Yep. I'm, 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 you know they were fixed to be gone, and now they're re-up. They're getting a push, and that's great. That's great for us. AJ Styles was fixed to be gone, and that didn't happen. He, he re-up. So point is, you know WWE is paying up to keep talent. But here's the thing: the Bret Hart thing to me is interesting. You got Bret Hart who goes on the the, the double or nothing pay per view in Vegas and hands he makes a shocking uh, appearance. I mean, hours earlier the guy was. 25 feet, Bret Hart, away from me signing autographs in the same ballroom I was in. I was right near him, and we were talking, and, and, and next thing you know, uh, you know, he kayfabed everyone. He's at fucking AEW, which is cool, and he's handing, he's showing whatever, I, what did he do? He displayed the new championship, yeah. right? The belt itself, yeah. right? That's a, as you know, Dave, that's a huge moment. That's a history-making moment that you have a, a former world champion like a Bret Hart Display your new title before you even know who your champion is. That's a big fucking deal. I've heard from a bunch of people, very credible people within WWE, that they didn't give a shit about that. That didn't phase Vince McMahon one bit. And I'm like, eh, you sure they're like positive? Next thing you know, hey, Brett's going to be at SummerSlam and he's tweeting about it, signing autographs. How much are they sweating them? I don't. Right I, I think there's probably a part of Vince McMahon that that hopes they do a little well because because a little competition, as small as the competition is, a little competition's only going to help you and make pro wrestling as a whole bigger. So there's probably. I agree. I agree. A thousand. Yeah, go, come on, be successful here. I love. It. Right. Right. I agree. And oh, that's why he was helping fund ECW years ago. No one knew it. We didn't know it. We were there. <laughs> I mean, so. You know, he was using us as a farm system. I'm, you know, I'm like, yeah, fuck WWE. I'm burning raw T-shirts. I'm in Philadelphia. Everybody's going nuts. You're the man. You're a rebel. You're great. Meanwhile, fucking Vince is funding the company. I had no idea. So, you know what it goes back to? You know what it goes back to? Bo- uh, Brian Bosworth when he was playing the Bos. Oh, you great linebacker went play for the Seahawks. The Bos, Mohawk yes. Jones. Yeah, I know. he he was like the most loved player, but also the most hated. And every time he'd play, they would they would sell, you know, I hate Brian Bosworth or all. He he, those were his t. He made those t-shirts. So he actually made t-shirts that said uh, that you know people hate him, hate Brian Bosworth. Dude, I, I did, dude, dude, I did not know that. Yeah. Wow, I, that's a great a great example. I didn't know that. So oh shit, Dave, that's funny. I didn't know that. They're spending twenty five thirty bucks on a t-shirt saying that they hate Brian Bosworth or put money in his pocket. <laughs> 
That's me burning a Raw t-shirt in 1996 in Philadelphia. Fuck the WWE, tangent of man. Meanwhile, Vince is paying me. I had no idea. So, <laughs> tremendous. What a mock I was. So, <laughs> holy shit. Uh, dude, I got a little heat with you, by the why? way. Um, I just thought about this. I'll tell you why. The guy, what's his name? Starcast, uh, Conrad. So, he goes on, uh, on your show, Busted Open. I had him on previously on. You know, when I was going to go do the, uh, the star, I never do nothing. I don't do appearances. I don't do signing. You know, mm-hmm. that, right? So I, I basically, you know, I, I don't leave the state of New York more or less, right? I don't, I don't leave, I don't leave Long Island. Well, well I mean, I, in Manhattan, I have to go to Manhattan, so I have to do a radio show. But you get my yeah, point. it was so, a big deal that you were going to be at Star. That was a that was a huge deal that you were going to Starcast. Thank you. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And I I get, you know, not bragging, but I get a lot of people that want me to do signings all the time. I, I get text messages. I get called. I mean, dude, for years and I turn it down. I usually want a year. Maybe I'll do, you know, maybe two, maybe one every couple of years. I, I'm very, very picky on it. I don't know why. And then the stock thing at that time in Vegas felt like the right thing. I was in the mood to do it and I did it. So he goes on, uh, He come. I had him as a guest, rare thing on my podcast, like you coming on is a rare thing, I don't really do the guest thing, and then he uh, he went on with, with, with you, and then you guys were talking to him about, you know, me doing the thing, it's a big deal, he was putting me over, which was nice, and you go, I, I can't remember, I don't want to speak for you, but I'd love to hear you say what you said, you said something like, what do you want to call it, Tazcast, didn't you say that? I don't, I don't remember saying that. Yes, you did. Did, so, um, did I say that? Yes, you did. I had two people tell me, and I trust one of them a lot. And then I heard it, but I left, and you gave me an idea because then I think I did a, um, I think I, I put out some kind of thing on social media a little bit after that. And I said, you know, I'm going to start my own signing. I'm going to start my own conventions where I'm the only one who's there and call it Tazcast. <laughs> but no, you, we don't have you. Oh, no, I, I, when I, I said it, it, I said it in jest and just to be fun. I know you did. No, you did say yeah. it in jest, but that's, but see, the, the Taz of old, uh, everybody, I would have been hot at you, but that was the immature Taz. The new Taz is not like that, even though people who knew the old Taz really well back then, they still think the new Taz is like the old Taz. But the new Taz is not because he's a, a mature fucking grown ass man. So he's not an immature fucking, you know, uh, kid who thinks the world's against him. That's who I was back then. So, but I'm not angry at you. I wouldn't have had you on my show if no, I was. I, know that. And I, I, I don't remember saying it, but that doesn't mean I didn't say it because I, half the stuff that comes out of my mouth, I don't remember 30 seconds after I said it. Yeah, no, you, you did yeah, say okay, it. But it's okay. We mentioned you a lot on, on our show. How could we not? Because, really? uh, you know, Bully Ray's my co-host, and Bully Ray, you know, is you know loves you and brings you up a lot, especially when he talks about ECW and stuff like that. So you're not, you know, you're somebody that's, you know, from time to time is going to be brought up on the show, you know? Yeah, just put me over. Just always put those guys. Bully knows that. You got to just put me over as much as possible. That's the key with me. You know. And I love working with Bully Ray. And Bully Ray is really like, because I give Bully Ray shit. He gives me shit. You know, it goes back and forth. That's the fun of the fun of radio. By the way, and I don't know what your take is on this, but I got to say this about Bully Ray. And he lost a lot of respect and credibility in my eye after I heard about this. He's never seen the movie Big. Like, how how are you... You know, a forty-something-year-old man, and never oh, saw the movie yeah. Big. Well, here's the thing: in defense to him, now he's a big man, so he should have seen a movie, anything called Big. Tom Hanks, you're talking. I know the movie. I saw the movie. Um, 
now the thing is, well, he he's younger than me, a little younger than me. But the thing is, I'm trying to think. Yeah, he probably was. No, he was. He probably no, he wasn't in the wrestling business then. Because what I was gonna say was, a lot of wrestlers. Well, it's different now. Years ago, because now with Netflix and guys have you know laptops in their room and they can stream stuff or on their phone. Back in the day, it wasn't like that. My point is, a lot of wrestlers from like my generation or, or Bubba's generation, you know, not really movie heads because it's it, it, you're on the road, you're, you're working, you're training, your lifestyle is pro wrestling and you're not on top of video games. You're not on top of fucking movies. Um, I get you. You went into a joking kind of thing and I'm getting all serious and shit, but I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm pulling a fucking Malusa. I'm pulling a Malusa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but bully's awesome on the show, man. He- you know, he's taking the show to another level. Mark Henry, Tommy Dreamer. I mean, that's when I brought up the movie Big, Bully thought I was talking about Tommy Dreamer. I was like, hey, that's not that's not nice. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, that's well, that's they rip each other for years. Yeah, no, that's the little ripped gimmick they do. Yeah, no, it's funny. No, look, um the uh the thing is, man, it's it's what you're doing's great. It's going great. I'm happy for you. I'm happy for all the guys, all you guys, seriously. Um and when you starting it the way you started it with Doug, I respect that and that it was yours and it's still yours. And that, you know what I mean? That's a big deal. And I, and in closing here, I just want to tell you again, congratulations on that. Cause that's a big deal. And I want to thank you. You, uh, you, uh, not a lot of people not to get all sappy and shit, but I'm, I'm not usually a sappy guy, but you know, when you mentioned to me and you mentioned my history in radio with wrestling and podcasting with wrestling and what I'm doing in radio and podcasting now, and use the word, you know, pioneer. That was very nice of you. I re- that was one of the nicer things anyone's ever said to me on any of my shows. And, bro, I'm on the cusp of uh, doing 700 shows here. So, I want to tell you that was uh, that was very nice of you to say that to me. Thank you. No, and and honest to God, nobody was happier than me when I heard too that you were doing the show with Malusis. And you know, we had conversations before that, and I knew talking to you, and I might even even said it to you when we were having conversations before that happened, that I, I, I saw you doing that. Like we, you know, cause I knew you were a mainstream sports fan, a football fan. And, and I knew that that was something that you were capable of doing and you had the personality to do it. So when I heard that, I couldn't have been happier. Um, so, you, you know, kudos to you and credit to you for being able to do that. Cause that's like, you know, that's breaking a barrier, man. You know, it's, it's one thing to, to be doing a wrestling show, it's another thing to be doing a mainstream sports talk show. So good on you, man. Oh, thank you. Well, thanks. And you know what the thing was? I was doing that, like you know, I was doing the show every the Taz show covering wrestling every day, you know, live phones every day, streaming video live and all this stuff. And then I had the opportunity to I couldn't do both. So the company said, listen, we have an opening where we where we're in this day part. Um, because Greg Giannotti, you know Gio, I'm yeah, sure you know Gio. He was Right, he was going to WFAN to work with Boomer, and then they had the morning show open, and they wanted to pair me with someone, and they had me audition with a few different guys, and then Malusis ended up being the guy, obviously. And the thing was, like, they said, "Look, we we you can't do both shows. We we you know it was under the banner of both. Just it's not possible, and you're, it's just too much work, and we're not going to offer you both shows. So you got to pick. So I, <laughs> that there was a lot more money with the other shows. So and I I thought it was cool to go into a different genre, covering mainstream sports, to you know kind of you know, bite into that, which I've never done on a full time basis. So. Yeah, no, it, it was hard. I mean, it was hard because I was typecast as the wrestling guy, and I made sure and and 
to spitball out there and show that I have credibility as a sportscaster and covering and having given proper information in from from whatever it's the NFL or the NBA or the NHL, whatever it is. And I tried to do do that. And I, I hopefully I I know I broke that stigma. It took a little while because, hey, you're the wrestling guy. So, as you know, Dave, a lot of sports fans, they. You you touched on this earlier in this podcast. A lot of sports fans they'll they'll shit on they'll they'll hate wrestling. You know what I mean? They're kind of especially in New York. You know, especially WFAN fans. They're old school. Give them their Yankees. Give them their Mets. Give them their Giants. Give them their Jets. Give them their Knicks. Give them their Nets. And they, they don't give a shit about some bullshit pro wrestling. You know, so that's kind of changing too, bro. On WFN, believe it or not. Yeah, and 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 you know, and it's funny too because you talk about WFAN. You know, people who don't know, my brother is the afternoon host on ESPN Radio in New York. So it's, right it's, with it's, uh, with uh, what's his name, Mike? Uh, with uh, what's the, from the Yankees? The play I'm Michael drew a blank on his name. Jeez, okay, Michael Cad. I could see his face. I just drew a blank. Yes, but they have somebody who does. There's a part somebody on their show, Peter Rosenberg, who works for the you know does work with the WWE. So. There's a wrestling. Well, not anymore though. I, I I know I know Pete a long time. I, I haven't talked to him in a long time, but he he's he's not with them anymore. Do, to your point though, you're right. I, I get your, your connection you just made. But he, side note, he's not he's not doing nothing with them anymore, right? They they they, they yeah. I is think, he I, done I, with I think they they kind of parted ways. But for a, for a while, he was doing some of the pre and, and post shows. Yeah, like Sam Roberts with Sam Roberts and stuff. Right, yeah, right, yeah. right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, well, you know, shit, man. I mean, uh, look, dude. I, I think it's it was a great conversation. Hopefully people enjoyed it. I mean, it was great catching up with you and, and, uh, and it's, it's cool. Cause you, you're going to do the pre-show. You guys are going to do your pre-show. You and Mark Henry up in Toronto for SummerSlam this Sunday. And then people can watch the pay view and then they can listen to my post show. So it's kind of works. Hand That's in right. hand. And when, uh, and if you listen to the show Monday, I'll be talking about how you're doing a post show after SummerSlam. And it's I, the one thing I can, you know, you're doing a you're, you're doing a podcast. I have a radio show. You have your radio show. When it comes to pro wrestling, I always kind of look at it as a community. You know, and you know, we kind of got to watch our backs and help each other. I've always right. tried to do that. Um, you know, uh, Jim Ross is somebody I always promote, and Jr. promotes me. So I, I, I never have a problem with you know putting somebody's show over on on my show because. You know, I, I just see us as a community that just keeps growing. So, and I, I yeah, have love for I, you know, you're right, dude, dude. You're you're right, and you do have love for everyone. You're right, and this is where, like, my audience, they know I'm a little. This is where I'm a little weird. Like, this is where I, I I'm so competitive, and I wish I was more like you. Seriously, I wish I, I and I, and you're right. It is a community. And I've had Jr. on my show, whole shitload. I've had Mike Johnson on my show. On as a he's a regular, he's on my show all the time for years. And I promote his content. He promotes mine. So I guess in a way, I do play nice with others, but I don't play nice with everyone with this community thing. You know, like this wrestling community. I don't. I don't. And you know, I you know me well enough. You know me a long time. And the guys you're working with, they know me really well. And and I, you know, I'm not trying to be a badass, not like that. I just, I'm. I get really strange because like I um I just like we're talking about earlier in this show here we're talking about from 2004 and 2005 like bro I remember man just looking at my computer hoping to get a reply from one of these program directors to give me a chance in radio while I'm on worldwide TV a co-host of Smackdown and I was trying so hard and nobody else from the wrestling business was even thinking about fucking radio nobody and and I'm not toot my own horn well maybe i'm toot my own horn fuck it but the thing is bro like 
I remember those years. I remember the stress my wife went through with me, like, because I, I really wanted to be in the radio business and it took a long time. So I think that's why sometimes I get where I don't play nice with others and I don't promote other shows and not a lot of shows upon me. Now that I know you guys are promoting me or talking about me more, which that was unbeknownst to me. I, I will try to reciprocate like I'm doing right now by having you yeah, on the show. You know, maybe we're getting kind of deep here, but you know, like you said, fuck it. Like I was kind of like that early on with busted open, but you know what? Like I got divorced. I remarried. I have a wonderful, wonderful wife. I have, you know, two daughters that are amazing. And I love what I do. Like I wake up every morning. I can't wait to go to work because I'm talking wrestling. Like who would have thought that my career would be talking pro wrestling? So I, honestly, I'm at the point in my life that it's like I'm happy and and I really don't need the, the competitive bullshit. And this is just me. I'm not, not everybody. I'm not saying that it's right or wrong. I'm just like I'm in a good place in my life. I'm happy. So I, 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 I really don't I really don't have that mindset. I did. But honestly, right now, I, I just I, I'm, I just I don't have time for that, that shit in my life. I'm happy. So I'm happy. And I and you know what? I'll promote anybody. I, I like have I rather have friends than enemies. I, I'd rather have, you know, appreciation than distraction at this point in my life. That's so nice. It's like this is like a, it's like a spa treatment talking to you. You know, it's it's like meditation to me. <laughs> I didn't think I thought what I thought I was talking to you for like you know we talked for like twenty minutes we talk about SummerSlam in out and then, you know here we are like this nah. is a therapy session between nah. you and I Boy. it's like you're like my psychiatrist you're like my shrink over here like I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to pay six hundred and fifty bucks when I sign off. <laughs> Forget about plugging my show on your show. I gotta get this fucking guy a payday. <laughs> and, and really quick, if I could, I just, really quick, I just want to give a little shout, you know, uh, to Bully Ray, who's done an amazing job on the show. Um, I, I, I think he does a great job of showing different sides of his personality. He's awesome. Mark Henry is like, oh, Jesus Christ. Can you promote can you promote your 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 rotating co-host anymore? You wanna do you wanna take a quick second to promote your you've been doing it the whole fucking podcast. Listen, Tell me about Mark Henry. How great August eleventh's gonna come and go. These guys I'm gonna have to work with forever. You know what I'm saying? What's more important? The, the, the fucking two hour show point. in Toronto or the three guys I do shows with every day? All right, that's a good point. No, I hear you. All right, tell me about tell me tell me how great Mark, Mark is. I love Mark. Doing, tell doing, me doing, a show, doing a show with him is like you know, like hanging out with my buddy. You know, we we joke. You know, and, that's what it's supposed to be. You know that. That's what it's supposed. That's and awesome. Tommy, I, I love him. It's the same thing. He's a he's a, he's a, a wrestling nerd just like me. He eats on the air. That drives me fucking batty. But other than that, he's awesome. And <laughs> yeah, so to, to yep. your point, August eleventh, rec room in Toronto, three to five. Yippity do, come down, hang out, have a beer with me, and then go watch SummerSlam. Well, the thing is, with your the three uh, co-hosts that rotate on your show, like I obviously had a, a, I have a lot of history with all three, but especially two mm-hmm. of them, and and Tommy and Bubba. You know, I mean, very long history. You know, and uh, history I'm proud of. You know, and 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 we go way back, and you know, and we have similar mindsets on things with, with the wrestling business. You know what I mean? So, um, so of course I respect their their, their points of and Mark Henry also. I just I don't have the same history obviously with Mark Henry. I have to do with Tommy and. And Bubba, you know, so no, I'm busty balls that, that you're putting your co-host over. I'm, I'm only teasing. So no, I'm I'm happy that things are going well for all you guys. 
It's great, seriously. I mean, I, I, you know, I could be a little bit of a fucking heel sometimes. And of course, <laughs> two of those three guys, if you say how I acted, they say, "Oh, that's just Taz." No, that's just yeah, it's Taz. That's what they'll say, you know. Because so, see, Tommy and Bubba, those t- two guys, they really, th- they both really believe that I'm the same guy that I was in 1997. They really believe that. And bro, if you told them I said that, they would say he is. <laughs> I, I promise you they'll say that And that's not true But I mean they're wrong But they will say that But that's okay It's it's a brotherhood It's no big deal I mean you know I, I don't give a fuck I mean I, I wish nothing But the best for those guys And and uh, and respect all three of those men So uh, it's great And what you guys are doing Is really cool And seriously. I would love to get you on more But like you said We're on you know Kind of the same time So it, it's difficult to do that well, yeah, well, correct. And um, if I was doing the Taz show every day in Midtown like I was, the wrestling show, streaming with video, this wouldn't be happening right now. You would not be on my show. You do oh, realize is that, that, right? is that why it took so long for me to be a guest on your show? Um, yes. Um, it, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, I don't know who's doing that That's Brian, my producer, he's being a douche uh, But no, uh, the thing is No, 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 uh, probably No, no, the thing is, like, so you guys are on the air Every day, nine to noon, 9 a.m. to noon Well, see, this is I'm on the air With uh, The Moose, I'm on every day 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. So, well, slow down Just slow, everybody okay. slow down Okay. That means fucking put your foot on a brake and relax for a second, okay? Before you're like, oh, you're booking me on fucking shows now. Okay, relax, homie. Okay, let me explain. So I'm doing fucking, I don't do Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio from my fucking living room in my boxer shorts while I'm eating fucking Pop-Tarts. You know, I'm shrekking into Manhattan every fucking day. I'm not doing it on a Comrex box, okay? So... I'm in Manhattan every day. I live on Strong Island. So I'm in a fucking one hour, one hour and a half commune every fucking day, bro. And then I do either go to my home studio or another studio and record the Taz Show podcast. Point in long form, Dave LaGreca. I don't know if I'm looking to do more audio on anyone else's show or just be near a mic. Can you get my drift on this? How about this? How about... um... This is the part where you're going to try and no, book me. I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'm not a producer anymore. I'm not going to try to do that. I'll leave it up to you. When you, you know, when you're free or, you, you know, have, you have a extra short commute to Strong Island or something like that, you know, you. what I'll say is this. You're welcome to come on Busted Open anytime to promote anything or talk about anything. Such a baby face. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, it's just total baby face, and I'm not surprised. I mean, I I really feel like I need to take a bath with 25 candles oh, around stop. me, like I'm on the bachelor, like I'm on the bachelor oh, or some shit. Um, well, I, I, I'm just being honest with you, man. I mean, you know, right, I'm right. in a good place. Why do I want to fight with anybody? Compete with anybody? Who cares? Wrestling fans listen to not, everything anyway. They'll listen to all right, everything. Don't get hot. Don't get hot. You're getting hot. No, listen, listen. I know that. I know that. But don't you understand? To me, everything's a war. That it's a war. Everything's a war. Everything. That's how I get my motor going. I guess I am the same guy from yeah, that. That, that, that causes um, ulcers. I know. That's what my wife says. She, you're right. You're right. 
Unbelievable. You should have been a doctor, bro. Forget about this radio no, thing. First you know? of all, getting divorced and having ulcers changes your outlook. And both have happened to me. So, bro, when you have an ulcer, how do you know? You go to, you, you, you go to, well, you know, you have stomach issues. You go to the doctor. They do, uh, you know, they check you and they say, you got ulcers. You got to stop eating this. You got to stop at, eating that. And you got to have less stress in your life. Wow. What insight. Unbelievable. <laughs> all right. Well, anyway. <laughs> You gotta put that put down the tequila, stop eating tacos and and go for a job. Oh, shit. No, no, I actually I actually eat pretty good. I actually pretty good. And uh, I mean tequila, yeah, and I do smoke cigars. Uh, not every day, but like once a week I'll have a nice stogie. Uh, you know, I'm a I'm a cigar aficionado, so I'm a humidor guy. Would like, are you cigar guy? No, no, I'm not really a cigar guy. Now, if you're giving me free yeah. cigars, yes, I'm a cigar guy. Other than that, I really don't smoke. Let me teach you something, Mr. LaGreca. When someone says that sentence, it's not that I'm an El Cheapo. I would give free cigars to anyone. But when someone says, ah, no, I don't really care about cigars, but if you give me a free one, then what I do is I, f- I have a certain area in my humidor, certain type of cigars, which I like to call, I have to give credit where the credit's due because I stole the name from Kevin Dunn. He taught me this. This is what he had in his humidor. Dirt Rockets. <laughs> so what a dirt... <laughs> A dirt rocket is a fucking shit fucking cigar that's like six dollars that you keep around the thirty dollars cigars and give it to a guy like you because you wouldn't yeah, know the difference. Give me a Tipperella. So, <laughs> exactly. So, a dirt rocket. So uh Dave, listen, man. Uh, yeah, we definitely gotta do this again. It's great talking with you, great shooting the shit with you, for real. And and again, congrats on all your success. Seriously. Well, I appreciate that, man. And thank you so much. I consider you a friend. So uh Good luck with everything, and I'm I'm very happy for all your success. Thank you, bro, and same for you, and same to you, I should say. You know, <laughs> and, uh, Dave, uh, hang on, we'll talk to you in a bit. Uh, so that's uh, that's Dave Lagreca right there, busted open radio. He's a good dude. I appreciate you guys downloading this episode of the Taz Show. Thank you so much. And as you guys know, if you're not subscribing to the show, you should be subscribing. We're about six episodes from 700 episodes, so it's going well, and I appreciate it. Of course, you guys. All right, guys, I'm Taz. You're not. Talk to you soon. Back then, when I was only worried about my top friends, now my circle is getting smaller. All these people acting fake, man. And to be honest, I don't even.